The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining me, whether it be live or on demand. Our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and engage in a lifestyle that regenerates their body, mind, and spirit. And today, we're going to focus on a method to find purpose and regenerate spiritually. Our guest is Tammy Carpenter a NAF-certified hypnotherapist who conducts past life and life-between-life regressions. She helps many clients to get to know that life is eternal and that they have an amazing history as a soul. Many clients reconnect with their deceased loved ones and learn about their soul purpose in this life. Welcome, Tammy, to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's wonderful to have you here to discuss a topic that fascinates me, which is what transpired in our past lives, what did we learn, and what can we do to continue moving forward and growing spiritually? So let's start by addressing a fundamental question. For those who are skeptical about the existence of past lives and who may think it's a one-and-done deal here on Earth, how would you convince them that we are eternal spirits having an earthly experience in this life and have been here before and may be here again. Thank you. For those that are skeptical, I would begin by telling them that many past life clients have great details such as names, dates, and locations. For example, I had a client who had a past life regression with me, and later she went and looked things up on the internet. And when I talked to her the next time, she said, how did I know that that was the most popular name for a pilgrim in the Northeast Coast in that time period in history. And I told her, I don't think people make things up like this because they give too much detail. Now, another great example is children that can still recall details of their past life. There's a current article on the Internet. It was just on um, last week when I searched. So it was by the Hollywood Reporter that there was a little boy who at the age of five started having memories that he was a Hollywood actor. And that he had been with famous people like Rita Hayworth. He had danced on Broadway. He had traveled overseas. He'd worked at an agency. And his mother, who was a strict Baptist and who didn't believe in past life regression, didn't know what to do with it. So she took him to a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist believed him and and worked with him and actually did some research and believed that he was actually a actor that was not real well known. His, he had been Martin 
or Marty Martin, a man who died in 1964, and he could verify the details that the boy came up with. And they weren't details you could find on the Internet. So this little boy had not just gone on the Internet and found all this research. So this is pretty good evidence that perhaps we have had a past life because there are several stories of children that have remembered their past lives. And this man has written a book called Return to Life, Extraordinary Cases of Children Who Remember Past Lives in which he has put several of these cases of children that have remembered past lives. Yes, so that is interesting evidence that basically people remembering things that not just coincidence, not something that they may have just seen in passing. And also if you're of the spiritual belief that we are basically energy and we take a physical form, well then what happens when this physical form passes? Well, we're energy again. And if you also believe that we're here to learn and grow, which actually we'll get into in one of the next segments, then this actually makes perfect sense. And it's not a crazy belief at all that we incarnated before and we'll be here again as we continue our journey. So now in the next segment, we'll get into how you conduct a regression, which is very interesting. And for now, I understand that you're passionate about this work because you had a health condition that was resolved after clearing out baggage from a past life. So you have a story as well. Can you talk to us about that? Yes. Um, As an adult, um, a few years back, I actually developed a blood clot that was from my groin to my ankle, which is a really large blood clot. That's serious. Yeah, it was very serious. And... I went into the doctor and they ran blood tests and I found out that I had a blood clotting disorder and it was genetic. Now they put me on Coumadin and the doctor said that, you know, if I did everything they said, the blood clot should disappear. And when it disappeared, they would take me off the Coumadin. As long as I didn't get another blood clot, I wouldn't have to continue on it, which I was thrilled because actually Coumadin is what they use to poison rats because they just give them enough Coumadin and then their blood gets thin and they die. And it's not very healthy. I didn't feel healthy on it. So anyway, um, I had gone in at six months, and I still had the blood clot, and it was just as large. And I had gone in at nine months, and I still had the blood clot, and it was just as large. And the doctor was not hopeful that I would be able to get off of the blood thinner. Then I went to go help with a training for past life regression. I'd already been trained in it, and I'd already done it on a lot of clients, but They needed an extra person, so I went to go help with the training, and I served as the person that was hypnotized. And so this woman who was being trained and hadn't even done a past life regression on someone before did it on me, and I went back to a life that I lived, I believe, in the 1800s on a farm and worked the farm with my husband and got in an accident, and the horse trampled the same leg and had made it to where I really couldn't use this leg anymore. And and I saw a scene as an old lady. I had a cane. I had to drag this leg around with me everywhere. I really couldn't work the farm anymore. I really was kind of made to stay in my home most of the time. Disabled. Yeah, disabled. And at that point, there wasn't a lot for people that are disabled. So I just stayed home most of the time. And I hated it. I hated dragging this leg around. I hated not being active. I just hated it. And then I went through the death scene and I died. And then we always do a clearing and then we always ask them if their guides or their higher self can help them, you know, with what they were processing. And my guide came and my guide said, ah, you know, this is the blood clot in your leg. You know, you are carrying this 
over from your past life. Your leg was useless in that past life. But you learned a lesson of patience, having to stay home all that time and not be able to get out and everything. It taught you patience. And you don't really need to learn it in this lifetime. So, you know, you need to let this go. It's no longer serving you. And I felt like I received real energy rushing through my body and and my leg immediately felt better. And then when I went in for my next appointment, which was only like a couple of weeks later, it was completely gone. Wow. And the doctor, I think, was rather shocked. And I didn't explain to her what had happened because she probably wouldn't have even been interested. But she was happy to take me off the Coumadin. And she said that unless I had another blood clot, and I know the signs for a blood clot now, um, that I could stay off it for the rest of my life. So I was thrilled. And have you had any instances since then? No, no, I have not had any instances since then. It's done. It's done. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that illustrates the importance of delving into spiritual issues when dealing with illness because some, but not all things, can be resolved on the physical plane only because you were being treated on the physical plane and it was doing nothing with the pharmaceutical. So Tammy also conducted a past life regression for me and it was quite illuminating. I am aware of several past lives, uh, one being as an American Indian man who lived in the northeastern United States several hundred years ago. Though prior to the regression, I didn't know many details about him. Though the day of the regression, I knew that this was the lifetime we were going to be addressed because it was as if he was with me all day. I couldn't stop thinking about him. So there was no question that that's where we were going to go. And once I was hypnotized and back in that lifetime, I received many insights And the most powerful one being that this man was kind of a loner by nature and resisted forming deep emotional attachments with others, something that I have continued in this lifetime, actually. I can be quite analytical and detached and have even been asked kind of jokingly if I'm part Vulcan. No disrespect to Vulcans. However, as we dropped in on the end of this lifetime, it became clear to me that this man had regrets about going through life without forming deep emotional attachments. It was as if he had observed but not participated in his life. So that was really a wake-up call for me about not making this mistake again, and a pretty powerful one. It was to let the armor down, let others in, or I may regret it again. And this insight is completely consistent with other learning I obtained, for example, from my birth chart reading by an astrologer, which was that in this lifetime, one of my main goals is to develop a healthy ego. And we know that the ego is a trickster and does a good job of keeping us aloof, feeling separate separate from, superior to those around us. And a healthy ego is one that is kept in check and allows us to feel interconnectedness and equality of all things. So I bring this up because you may find that the insights you obtain from a past life regression will add to the insights you obtain from other modalities so that the puzzle pieces start to form a coherent picture. And that actually brings us to our first break. Thanks again for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And we're talking to certified hypnotherapist Tammy Carpenter about past life regressions. And we'll discuss in the next segment how Tammy conducts hypnotherapy and past life regressions. So they're really nothing to be afraid of. And the point is, you won't go around clucking like a chicken against your will, ever. (laughs) So stay tuned for some more awesome knowledge. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called HoldTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today we're talking to certified hypnotherapist Tammy Carpenter. And prior to the break, Tammy and I both shared powerful insights that we obtained during a past life regression. She was able to heal from an illness that pharmaceuticals were not helping, and I learned that I need to be more of a human girl than a Vulcan one. Now, let's get into the nuts and bolts of hypnosis. There are four main brainwave states. From, slow, from fastest to slowest, they are beta, alpha, theta, and delta. So beta being the fastest one and delta being the slowest one. And beta is the state we're in during normal, everyday activities. And the slower the brainwave state, the more open to suggestion that you are. And this is what, this is what hypnotherapists use. They slow down the frequency of the brain, and this enables them to work in the subconscious mind and bypass the conscious mind. Now, Tammy, quite a bit of work that you do is in the lighter hypnotic state to help patients with behavior modification. So can you describe which brainwave state you use for behavior modification work and what you help these clients achieve? Yes. Most of my clients come in for things like weight loss and quit smoking. I also do things like phobias or fears, um, self-esteem, even public speaking. Now, when they come in for the first time, especially if they've never been hypnotized, they're always concerned that they might not be able to be hypnotized. But I always tell them you'll be in a light state, which is the alpha state. And you may be totally aware of everything I say, but I'll look for visual cues that you're hypnotized. 
So the things that I look for is that their breathing really slows down, that they have rapid eye movement, especially at the correct places when I tell them to visualize something. Sometimes I see them swallow, and it's very slow. It's like you can just see them swallow up and down, very slow. Occasionally, their face gets flushed. And if I do ask them any questions, their voice is really quieter and slower. And oftentimes, I will put in a suggestion that their hands may tingle. So afterwards, they can tell me their hands tingled, and that is a great physical cue for them that they were hypnotized. So that's how I convince the doubters. But this light state of alpha, which is the lightest state, is just a very, very relaxed state. When they're in this relaxed state, I can't put the suggestions into their subconscious Because you're basically, yeah, you're bypassing the conscious, going right to the subconscious in the alpha state. And what kind of suggestions do you implant at that time? We usually always have a pre-session where I'll talk about their concerns, what they want to be working on, um, what issues are going on, if there's anything specific that I need to add or adjust. So I put in the suggestions we talk about ahead of time. I don't plant anything that we haven't talked about. So there's nothing to worry about there. How I get them to that relaxed state, I use the induction methods. And so there are a lot of different induction methods. But I usually count backwards. I have them visualize. I use a progressive relaxation where I talk them through relaxing every muscle in their body from the top of their head to the tip of their toes. Um, I also use white noise a lot of times in the background and make sure the room is darker, make sure the temperature is correct, give them a comfortable place, a blanket. And I use my hypnotic voice, which my husband says puts him to sleep every night. (laughs) Although I usually am nagging him about the garbage and things like that. But those are the ways that I get them into that light state of relaxation. And that's the alpha state. Now, some people will be in that light state and be totally aware. Some people are also going into a little bit deeper state and they may be in and out and they may only hear half of what I say. Some people have even fallen asleep, which is the deepest state, the delta state. But um, I've experienced that I've had a lot of people still quit smoking and have slept through three sessions and swear they've never heard a word at home when they listen to the recording. So hypnosis does work, you know, when you're asleep. Or when you're relaxed, it does not work when you're sitting straight up and using your conscious mind to try to analyze everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, very interesting. And one thing you said you help people with is addiction, like stopping smoking and so forth. So what role do repressed emotions and stress play in addiction? Because you're getting into something kind of deep there. So how does hypnotherapy help with those? Yes, um, repressed emotions and stress cause people to turn to addictions to not only cigarettes, but food, alcohol. So a lot of people are emotional eaters, emotional smokers. So hypnotherapy reduces stress because people are helped to relax. And also because I record the session and they listen to it every night and train their mind to relax, it helps them to sleep more. A lot of people fall asleep listening to my voice every night. A lot of people tell me even after they quit smoking or lose weight, they still continue to listen to the tapes so they can sleep better at night because it's so relaxing. Um, So if you can alleviate the stress, then the client is going to sleep better, they're going to be less stressed, and they're not going to turn to those addictions. To try to help mask or deal with the stress. 
Yeah. So what you're getting at is the root of the stress and, and removing that so that they're in a more relaxed state. And the other thing that I know we talked about is that clients have to want to change, right? So they have to come to you with the strong desire to make this change in their lives. So, yes, you cannot make anyone do anything they don't want to do. Um, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. If, if I get a phone call and someone's calling and saying, can you make your spouse or can I make my spouse quit smoking or do this or that? I'm like, no, um, unless they really want to do it. There's no way that I can make them do it. So all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And when I make the recordings, that is definitely self-hypnosis. They are the ones that are putting forth the effort to put the tape on every night and listen to it. Um, So, no, you cannot make anyone to do anything that they don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I also understand that in order to really change behavior, the addiction needs to be overcome. So that's alleviating the stress, as you Mm -hmm. mentioned, and then the habit needs to be changed of wanting to reach for the cigarette or reach for the food. So uh, you mentioned before that in order for the addiction to go, something called a secondary gain needs to be let go. Can you explain what that means? Yes. Um, When I do the pre-interview, I always ask the clients, what is in it for you? What is this doing for you? And the addiction. oftentimes the addiction. Yeah. And oftentimes they're surprised I even asked. A very common thing with weight loss clients is that when they really think about it, they'll say, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but you know, I've been in so many bad relationships, I've gotten hurt so many times, and this weight is my protection. It it keeps people away. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have to worry about putting myself out there, being hurt again. And a lot of times People that are quit smoking will say, if I quit smoking, I'm going to gain weight. Or I've even had several clients that have told me something interesting because nowadays most people have a smoke-free home. So you have a couple with young children and they will not smoke in their home because of the children. But they will meet in the garage to smoke. So I've had several Younger women tell me, if I quit smoking, I won't get to spend any time with my husband because I won't be meeting him in the garage or on the porch to smoke all the time. And then when you really point it out to them and you ask them, surely there's something else you can do with your husband besides smoke in the garage, they right. they think, well, it does sound kind of silly. So, so most of the time, these secondary gains are fallacies, and it's their mind playing tricks on them. And And when you point it out gently and help them get to understand that, That's usually all it takes for them to kind of work past it. They just aren't aware of it. Ah, so that's bringing some of the secondary gains up to the surface for discussion. So they can sort of analyze them and figure out, well, am I really gaining something good from this? So, And then moving beyond that to dealing with the stress, relaxing, positive affirmations. So that's how you get people to change their behavior using hypnotherapy. Yes, Yes. Okay. And what about with phobias? That's a different thing because that's, uh, I guess, a little more emotional in nature. So how do you address those? Actually, phobias are easier to treat than addictions. Oh, interesting. I would have thought it was the other way around. Yeah. Um, Phobias are a fear. And usually, again, it's a fear that's gotten out of control to the point where they're embarrassed that they have this fear to this point. For instance, I had one gal who... I'd always had a fear of heights, but it had gotten to the point where 
she had a new boyfriend that wanted to drive to the mountain and go skiing. One, she was afraid to drive up the mountain because of her fear of heights. And two, she was afraid to ski down. So <laughs> that's a problem. It, it was a problem, yes. <laughs> so after one session working with her phobia, she had told me, thank you, because now, you know, she still had the fear, but we had managed it. Mm. And so now she could, and she had gone up the mountain and gone skiing with her boyfriend. And he was thrilled and she was happy. So it was wonderful. And I have had another client that had claustrophobia most of his life, but in his retirement, it had gotten so out of control that they had money now and they could travel and they were going to fly to Africa. But he informed me that when you fly to Africa, a lot of times, even when they refuel the plane, you can't get off the plane. Uh. And he was panicking because he would be claustrophobic in the plane for that many hours. And so, again... With one session, we dealt with the phobia. We got it to where he could manage it and control it. And I assured him he could take my tape with him and listen to it on the plane. And so he got to travel to Africa with his wife in their retirement. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's very interesting that in a small number of sessions, it sounds like these phobias can be dealt with. Yeah, usually one. And then um, with the recording. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people have multiple phobias, too. So sometimes... They like that so well, they'll come back for another one. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. Okay. Now, let's address what happens during stage shows in Vegas, for example. What's going on there with the hypnosis (laughs) tricks? Well, I will say that stage hypnotherapists give people like me a bad name because people always come in and ask that question. Are you going to make me quack like a duck? And I assure them no. Now, And I tell them I have had a client come to me who said when she went to Vegas that she thought she wanted to be on stage and she raised her hand and waved it around and they picked her. She went up on stage. She did not hypnotize. Not the hypnotherapist, the stage hypnotherapist, but his associate quickly snuck her out the back door, down the back stairs and made her go around the long way to go back to her seat because they didn't want to ruin the show, which goes to prove it is a show. So if you went to Vegas and you sat with your arms crossed with a negative look on your face, they would not pick on you. They are performers. They know how to pick people that want to get up and make a fool out of themselves, and they would not pick you. Okay. So that is really just uh, play, acting, and hypnosis can actually be used for many more serious things. Yes. Um, Helping people get over phobias and fears and habits. So the Vegas stuff, that's... A stage show. That's a stage show. And not at all indicative of what hypnosis is capable of. Yes. Yes, I would agree. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Appreciate it. (laughs) And and actually, that brings us to our next break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And we're talking to certified hypnotherapist, Tammy Carpenter. And now that we understand how hypnotherapy works and how she uses it in the lighter state or the alpha state for behavior modification and phobias, we'll discuss how she uses it to help people get into a deeper state that she uses for past life regressions. So stay close and we'll see you very soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. 
Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called holdtreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today we're talking to certified hypnotherapist Tammy Carpenter. And before the break, we address the elephant in the room, which is what happens on Vegas during hypnosis stage shows. And those are not at all indicative of the power of hypnotherapy. Tammy described before the break, how she works with patients in a lighter alpha hypnotic state to change behaviors, such as overeating, smoking, and overcoming phobias, things which really aren't serving the people and holding them back in a lot of areas of their lives. And so the hypnotherapy work that she does helps them overcome those things and enjoy their lives to a much deeper level. So now let's get into the deeper hypnotic state that you use for past life regressions. Can you describe which brain wave state is used here and how you coax clients into this deeper state? Yes. When I do past life regressions with clients, I start out the same way as I do with a normal hypnotherapy session. I use my induction methods and use a relaxation process as I talked about earlier, counting backwards, having them visualize, um, using my hypnotic voice to get them very relaxed. But I take them deeper. And I do this, one, by actually checking in more with them. I'll ask them what level of relaxation they're at. And then when I get the response, then I need to make sure that they are really deep. So how can you tell? Because before you said there are some physical indicators that someone's in the alpha state. How can you tell if someone's in the deeper state and they're ready for a regression? When I get them to the deeper state and I'm actually needing to have them talk more when I do past life regressions. When, when I do the regular hypnosis, they really aren't interacting that much. But when I do a past life 
they can't fall into Delta or fall asleep because then they will have nothing on the recording and they won't be able to hear their session. For one thing, and, and another thing, I won't be able to guide them. I won't know where they're at in the uh, regression. So you can't let them go too deep. Yes. Like, yes. like you could with the uh, other patients. They could dip into the Delta state and go to sleep, and you could still talk to them and plan things in their subconscious. Whereas with the past life, it's a little trickier. You have to keep them. I do. Yeah. And I have had a few clients that fell asleep, but I just need to say their name or maybe gently touch them on the arm. And they always wake up enough to where we can continue. So I, I need to keep them between the lighter state and the theta, which is the deeper state between alpha and theta. So in the beginning, they may be in alpha, just like they were when they came in for a regular hypnotherapy session. But then I need to keep relaxing them. I need to um, continue checking their visual cues, kept checking in with them and having them tell me where they're at. And if they're not deep enough, I can give them some more induction methods at any point during the session. Also, I take them back first to childhood regression, which really helps. So we go back to several happy childhood memories. It's not a time for us to work on issues. So I always tell them we're, we're going to only go back to happy childhood memories. And then when we go back to the happy childhood memories, they get to practice. So I tell them that's why we do that. You get to practice being deep, but not falling asleep and talking at the same time. So perhaps I'll take them back to a childhood memory at the age of 15, which they may actually remember because that's not that long ago. And I tell them, even if you think that, you know, you already remember it, just go with it. Even if you think you're making it up, just go with it because... More than likely. No judgment. Not, yeah. Keep yeah, moving. No judgment. <laughs> and then, then I always start out by grounding them into the scene by saying, look down at your feet and tell me what you're wearing. So will people, when they're in the state, will they actually see visual images in their minds? Because when I was doing it, I didn't actually see things. It was more impressions, yes. I guess. Just sort of a knowing. So, yeah. What do most, how do most people experience this? Not state? everybody is visual. Okay. And so you're not a visual person, and that's fine. And I tell them that in the pre-session usually because some people are visual and they will see everything. And some people like you are not as visual, and they may just have a sense of knowing. Um, they may hear it. They may smell it. They may just sense it. And so not everybody's as visual. And one thing that really seems to help is that when I have them doing the childhood regression, we really go through the senses. So I will say, well, tell me you know, are the shoes slick or rough? You know, is your shirt soft or, or you know, heavy or light or heavy? And so these are feeling things and, and they may get smelling things or hearing things. And this really helps those people to use all of their senses. The more they can use all of their senses, the more it will help those that are not just visual. Mm-hmm. And have you had any clients who you couldn't? hypnotize who you couldn't drop into the childhood states or actually get into a regression? I will say that um, everyone's been able to go to a childhood state. There's a few who argued maybe that they were just remembering pictures or their childhood. And I said, no, I don't believe you made it up because they gave a lot of detail. But everybody gets to a childhood state. And the past life regression one-on-one because I am always checking the visual cues and I'm always asking them, I will say that I've had a pretty high success rate. I can't think of but only one who 
drank several cups of coffee and took even no dose that morning and then said, I don't know why I can't do this. And so we had to reschedule. Yeah. Yeah. But so those are some things. If you go to do a past life, I would avoid caffeine, um, you know, get a good night's sleep, maybe, you know, don't drink too much alcohol the night before. You know, those are things that will help you if you go to have a past life regression with somebody. Yes. Okay. All right. And does the person need to really believe in past lives for it to work? Uh, Could there be a belief system there that may cause an issue? I will say that as long as they're open to trying, they don't have to totally believe in it. But as long as they're open to trying, and as long as they're willing to use their imagination to either visualize or, you know, to hear, see, smell... I've had pretty good success rate. I would not say all my clients really believed in past life when they came in. But they believed much more when they left. (laughs) Right. And how long does a typical session take? Yeah, a typical past life regression takes two hours because we need to do the pre-interview, talk about what ages they want to go back to for their childhood regression, um, what issues they would like to address. Now, I always say if they would like, they could tell me and we can put the suggestion in there they'll go back to a past life that they had with a relative now if they had a past life with them or work on a health issue you know we can put it out there but it doesn't always happen just because we put it out there because my guides and their guides show up and they will get the session that is their highest good yes okay yeah so you had mentioned spirit guides a couple of times now yeah define what those are i will say that everybody has spirit guides that are around them and usually there's one main one that helps them out. Um, is that like your guardian angel or dif- different than uh, I, that? I think it's a little bit different than your guardian angel. Okay. Yeah. I think that um, for me, my spirit guide, because I write intuitively, I received a name. And my spirit guide's name is Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel is there to make sure that I am progressing spiritually. Whereas a guardian angel might be an angel that... Like when you were a small child and you almost had an accident, but then something just happened like at the last minute and you didn't, probably a garden angel had a hand in that. Uh, so the angel isn't really looking out for your life purpose as much as perhaps your spirit guide is? I would say that, yes. Okay. Yes, I would say your spirit guide really knows what you're here in this life to work on and is trying to help you to advance and is there, and you can make contact with them, and, and a good time to make contact with them is during a regression, mm. during a past life regression, and especially during a life between life regression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we're not talking about the life between life regressions very much during this show, though maybe yeah. that's something we cover in a separate show because that's a whole other fascinating yes, area. that's true, actually. Yeah, that will take a whole show. <laughs> <laughs> that will take a whole show in and of itself. Okay. Uh, So interesting about the role of our spirit guides, that one thing we have talked about on the show before is the fact that we are not here alone. That as energy beings, uh, there are many other entities that are still on the energy plane, and their role is to help us. And in fact, last week when Dr. Nadine was on, she talked about angels and archangels and Elohim, and really there's a whole cast of characters that's with us all the time helping us with our life purpose. And the spirit guide is definitely one that's, that's there to help us and make sure that we're progressing on our spiritual journey. Yes, I believe that. Yes. So one other question is, can anything bad happen when in a hypnotic state? Is there anything that anybody should be afraid of? I mean, we already addressed that they're not going to start clucking like a chicken. So is there anything else that can happen? Well, well, I will say this. 
one of the reasons why I tell them to go back to a happy childhood memory is so they don't have to relive something that might have happened that was bad to them when they were younger. But I always warn them, if anything does come up during the session that you really don't want to relive or experience, you just tell yourself, I'm going to float above it and watch it as a spectator. And and this removes some of the emotional charge that they can still kind of watch the scene and see what happened and learn from it. And the same thing is true when they get to their past life regression. So if anything comes up in that past life that was really too emotionally charged for them, they can float above it and experience it. Now, every single time I take them on purpose to the death scene. So, so when they're in the past life, we'll go to several scenes and usually it progresses chronologically. I try to keep it chronological and they'll go to several different scenes and then finally I'll take them to the death scene. And this is important. And, and you might think, why would you purposely make them go through that? But even if they've had a traumatic death or a violent death, if anything is too painful at this point, usually even before I tell them, they're telling me I've already left my body and I'm floating above it and I'm watching it. So, you know, and, and they know that ahead of time, but usually it's just what happens. People really even with traumatic, painful deaths, are still not in their body, I don't believe, from all the past life regressions I've done. They're already floating above it and watching it. And so there's really nothing to fear. I think that's a very powerful point, is not fearing death. Because it seems like that drives a lot of anxieties and behaviors that don't serve us, is this fear of death. uh, When, if you believe spiritually as we do that it's merely a transition from one joyful energetic state to another joyful energetic state uh in fact the place which i understand is pretty awesome yes (laughs) that it's it's nothing to be afraid of yeah yeah it is nothing to be afraid of and i think hypnotherapy can help prove that to people yes yeah and so of the clients that you've worked with, have you seen them generally obtain pretty powerful insights from their past life regressions? I mean, we each did. We talked about those. But do you find that people generally come out of the regression with some knowledge or understanding that will impact their lives? Definitely. I, I would say that I have had some clients that have had issues um, that they have been hiding all their life. And once they've had this past life regression and they meet with their guides and they process it, they realize they're okay. I mean, on the higher plane, your guides, your angels, they're not really judging you as hard as you're judging yourself. And so, you know, to feel accepted, to feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're on the right path. The, the love. Yeah, the love, the absolute love, unconditional love. And and I think it's helped a lot of people so that they don't judge themselves so hard. Interesting point. Yeah. Well, thank you. And that actually brings us to our final break. The time is flying by here. This is your host, Regeneration Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And we're talking to certified hypnotherapist, Tammy Carpenter. And in the final segment, we're going to talk about the rough neighborhood we find ourselves in called the Earth School. We wrap up on the flip side. See you in a few. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called HoldTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. 
As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra. And today we covered many fascinating subjects with hypnotherapist Tammy Carpenter. Tammy firstly addressed what goes on in Vegas and how that is not indicative of her modality because actually hypnotherapy can be quite powerful. She described how she uses it to guide her clients into a lighter hypnotic state where they can work on behavior changes that will improve their lives dramatically and into a deeper state for past life regression work, which can lead to some very powerful insights about what they experienced in a past life and what they need to work on in this life. Tammy went into detail about what a regression session is like and we each mentioned the helpful insights that we obtained during regressions. So it's really nothing to fear and can be a powerful learning tool. So if you're on a spiritual quest, then I would suggest delving into the lessons learned during past lives because they will help you with this earthly journey. So now let's wrap up by talking about all this learning that we keep breaking up. <laughs> the learning that occurs in the earth school. So why do you think learning and growing from lifetime to lifetime is so important? Well, I believe that when you sign up for a lifetime like this lifetime, you talked with your guides, your counsel, and you agreed with them and worked on what you wanted to work on. And then you were given different scenarios and you got to choose maybe that you wanted to live in the United States at this time period as a woman or a man and work on an issue like forgiveness or patience. And I believe that if you don't work on it and you just ignore it or you don't quite get to the level that you had hoped you would, then your guides and counsel and you will sit down again and you will figure out a different scenario where you can come back and work on patience or forgiveness. So, so it benefits you to work on your lessons and to learn in this lifetime. Yes. So basically, we have things that we would like to achieve in each lifetime we are born into a situation that will help us mm -hmm. work on those things mm -hmm. specifically. Of course, we have free will, mm -hmm. so we can choose to or not. Mm -hmm. And if we choose to, then 
we make progress Mm -hmm. and then there probably will be other things we need to work on in our next life because getting to the state of total love and enlightenment is not an easy thing to do and, and takes many lifetimes to achieve. And if we don't, then likely we may recreate the situation over and over again. So have you ever experienced this in any of the regression work that you've done? Have you seen, for example, a situation that keeps coming up in lifetime after lifetime after lifetime? Yes. I um, will tell you an example of a client who I've done several past lives with, and he had a reoccurrent theme of being a cross-dresser. And in this life, he's a cross-dresser, but he is someone who has it so well hidden and has such an inner conflict going on. He, he has really been judging himself very hardly and feels like everyone around him has judged him very hardly. And so it's very interesting that he always has really masculine roles and in past lives, you know, was a sailor and all these really masculine roles and then would sneak off to port and somehow be a cross-dresser for a short period of time. And so this was a reoccurring theme for him. And I often see recurring themes. And so I believe that anytime you see a recurring theme like this, the, the guides are showing it to you for a reason. So he had been given the opportunity to deal with this, to accept himself, to have self-love and all these other lifetimes. And he still couldn't handle it. And so he has been repeating it over and over and over again. Now, um, we worked through some of it, and I believe that he felt that his parents didn't judge him as hardly as he thought they did, even though they've passed away since, that um, he was judging himself too harshly. Yes, that, that, that no one was judging him as hard as he was judging himself, and that he needed to just accept himself and have self-love with this. That's a very powerful yes. point that you made about the self-love and I'm going yeah. to go back to the show with Dr. Nadine last week yeah. because again that's what we focused the show on yes. was feeling love and acceptance for yourself yes. and and working on that and that's a very powerful way because like you said we're judging ourselves harsher than mm-hmm. just about anyone else and especially much harsher than any of the entities that are just pure love that's yes. around us yes yes absolutely Okay. And so it's, I understand from your belief system that we all chose to be incarnated here within this place, Earth, where a lot of crazy stuff happens. Yes. <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, violent things, ugly things, uh, dramatic things, emotional things. However, if you are of the belief system that we chose this, And then it's like a class we signed up for and all the trials and tribulations that we experience. Again, we chose that so that it could propel us on our path of spiritual growth. It does make you feel like much less of a victim. Oh, I agree. Yeah, Yeah, I believe people did sign up to come to Earth because it's the toughest school there is. And so So kudos to everybody who's here. Yes. (laughs) So if you came here, you wanted to learn quickly. You're awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So... And as you said, the things that are here, people are very prejudiced, they're very violent, um, have huge fears. They aren't kind to the environment, they aren't kind to each other. So if you signed up to come here, you are brave and you are on a steep learning curve. Yes, yeah. yeah. So uh, just knowing that, knowing that this was chosen, this is a tough place, 
uh, and we're, but we're all in this together and we're all trying to learn and grow spiritually the best way we can. We have each other for support and we have all of our guides and entities that are around us for support as well. We're not in this alone. It's a tough place, but we're not in it alone. And okay, so in the last several minutes, let's talk about if someone wants to contact you to learn more about your work or work with you, how would they do that? Yes. Um, my website is mindoverbodyhypnotherapy.com. Mindoverbodyhypnotherapy.com. Yes. And I do sessions not only in person in my office in Loveland, but also on Skype and over the phone. Okay, so people could be anywhere in the country to work with you. They could, and I upload the files to the cloud, and so they can still get their files to listen to later, so it works quite fine. Um, And I also have written several books. I um, write intuitively, and so I wrote my book, Channeling Ezekiel, A Daily Guide to Inner Beauty, Wisdom, and Balance. Nice. And it has wonderful, uplifting messages that you can read, one for every day of the year. And then since then, I've started teaching a woman's meditation class, and I've been doing that for over two years. And so I also wrote the accompanying workbook, and so I'll teach them to write intuitively and use the book and then the accompanying workbook to write in. And then some of the women in my class suggested that some of them wanted to do art, and I was an art teacher for 20 years, so I also wrote an accompanying doodling book. And so sometimes we will read out of the Ezekiel book, and then we will do art lessons, which is very fun. Um, so those are available also on my website, or um, I have an author page on Amazon. I'm also included in 365 Days of Angel Readings. And so if you go and look for my author page on Amazon, and, and I also have four meditation CDs on Amazon and on my website. Very so, nice. So I have, I have several products out there. You do. Yes. Multi-talented. Yes. CDs, <laughs> books, hypnotherapy, uh, local or remote. So you can help folks with this modality no matter where they are. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. And actually, that about brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much, Tammy, for educating us about the powerful modality that you practice of hypnotherapy. It sounds like it could be a very helpful tool for a variety of issues and learning that people may want to pursue. Yes, and thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed sharing all this. Thank you so much. And next week, our guest will be integrative physician and author Dr. James Roach, who just published a book called God's Health God's House Calls, which describes out-of-body, near-death, and other spiritual experiences his patients have had over the last couple of decades. That show will be a great follow-up to this one because we'll delve into spiritual aspects of life and healing, yet even more mind-expanding stuff. So until then, let's scoot over to Twitter, at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.